Today my guest is Sam Yushio with Connect3x and today we are going to be talking about integrating total well-being with workplace performance to support a culture of engaged, thriving employees. So welcome Sam, thanks for joining me. Thanks Terry, excited to be here. Me too. The name of your company is Connect3x. I'm guessing that name was fairly intentional. So give us a little bit of background about your company and how that name came about. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it is very intentional, very tactical. So Connect3x uh, stands for connect with self, connect with peers, connect with experts. So connect three times. And we use that structure as a framework to help organizations essentially embed well-being into the rhythm of business. Uh, we um, focus on creating thriving organizations, right? So you had mentioned at the top, thriving organizations. Uh, and essentially, we, we understand that um, business is driven by people. Organizations and outcomes are driven by people. Uh, and how do we equip people with the tools and solutions uh, to live more holistically in a way that not only improves outcomes within the organization, but improves outcomes in life. And so it's acknowledging the, you know, the, the um, intersection that we've all faced in this work-life uh, balance or harmony that we're all seeking that was kind of amplified within the last two to three years. Right. Yeah, true. It's funny because people my age and older, sometimes you talk to them and they're like, work-life balance. What is that? What is everybody all, you know, I mean, it is a very different time. Not to say that, you know, back 50 years ago, we shouldn't have been integrating some work-life balance, but it certainly is a focus, I think, right now. And, you know, healthcare, the reason I wanted to talk about this with you is because healthcare, like many industries, is a really tough place to work, right? There's a lot of stressors and we all go somewhere to relieve that stress. We all do something to relieve that stress and sometimes it's healthy, sometimes it's not. And when it's not, that may mean ending up with a colleague that has a substance abuse disease. And that's why we're here today to kind of talk about some of those things that maybe we can put in place to help mitigate that a little bit. Healthcare, you know, it's tough emotionally. It can be tough from a scheduling perspective. It can be tough on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's a pretty high output that is needed. I was at a conference recently, and many of you listening actually may have been at the same one, where the, a speaker finished early and the moderator wanted to just jump right into the, the next speaker. And somebody said, can we take a bathroom break? And very straight faced, but it was a joke, but we all got it. The moderator said, no, we're in healthcare. We don't get bathroom breaks. And everybody in there understood, right? Because that is what it's all about. And I have actually, this could be a whole nother uh, podcast is funny things that have happened on bathroom breaks when you finally get away and take one and you're in healthcare and then everything goes wrong. But um, so, you know, we laugh about it, but it's really very true. There are a lot of stressors and things. So how do we integrate well-being in an environment that can't even typically afford a bathroom break. 
So share with us some of the things that you do to work toward that culture that promotes well-being and some practical things that can be done in a busy environment. Yeah, uh, such a great question um, with important context. So I, I think if you zoom way out, we zoom really far out um, first, you know, the trends in engagement within the workplace have historically been going up. So the Gallup organization has been tracking employee engagement for a little over two decades. Um, and since they've started tracking, it's been steadily moving up. That's the good news. The bad news is the actual number itself. So um, roughly one out of three employees are engaged in the workplace. And that's the high water mark over the last 20 something years was, I believe, 34, 35%. Um, and that was kind of at the peak of COVID where there is this unifying galvanizing moment where people kind of locked arms uh, and you know rose to the occasion. Um, there's, so there's this trend, but, but most recently that employee engagement number has started to, to decline for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so even I, I use the phrase work-life balance. I, I really don't like that phrase. I think that's a misrepresentation of, of how, um, you know, how, how people, employees, organizations um, could like the, the word itself or the phrase itself creates some, some, some problems. And so I always like to think of it in terms of harmony. Um, but if so back to this employee engagement trend line, employee engagement has historically uh, been relatively low. Um, on a global basis, it's even lower. Employee engagement globally is 16%. In the United States, it's you know 33%. Uh, and so we've, we're, we've always had these challenges of how do we effectively um, find connection in the workplace or how two out of 10 employees feel connected to their organizational culture, right? And so I think there is an option there, um, not only from the employee experience perspective, but also from the leadership perspective to start to unpack a little bit behind what's the why, what's the purpose of the organization that's probably very clearly stated but what I find in the work that we do is that that purpose that exists and that mission that exists and those guiding principles that exist up on a wall oftentimes just stay on the wall. They don't find their way into the employee experience. And so that gap between what the organization is holding themselves out as and what the employee is experiencing is an opportunity to bring um, more clarity, I think to uh, and, and the opportunity to connect the, the, the individual's purpose to the organization's purpose. And so I think at a high level, there's a tremendous opportunity that all organizations, all leaders have in this moment. It's kind of the silver lining of what we've gone through over the last couple of years. But there's this opportunity to recalibrate and reset. Uh, down at a tactical level, uh, what we really focus on are these two key points that the first two connect with self and connect with peers is how do we provide uh, a framework for an employee to have the tools and solutions to essentially just take a moment, right? Understanding the power of a moment in changing the trajectory of a day of a career of a lifetime. And so you know, if you think about just moments, if any of the of the listeners or participants 
think of a moment in their career that has been a, a critical moment, a key inflection point within their life or within their professional dimension, their professional career, those moments always exist out there. Uh, and so it's kind of first providing that framework so that the employee understands that they have that agency. Because I think oftentimes we get so caught up in just the, in the velocity of life, the pace of life, that we don't have that moment or we don't feel like we have that control. We feel like we've got a, a list of 100 things to tackle and only time and energy for five. Um, so that awareness component of just being aware that I do have agency and control and then threading that through, um, why am I here? Where, what's my purpose in being here, right? And so there is some interesting research that was conducted a while back that looked at purpose and passion, right? Those two words are often commingled. Like I'm passionate about this work. It feels like my, this is purposeful work. But in this research, it was very um, uh, defined, very defined that per passion was about the individual. Purpose was about, some, about uh, something in service of others, right? So I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about healthcare. I'm doing this because I find purpose in helping lead toward better, better medical outcomes. Um, and in this research, it was fascinating. So they looked at people who have low purpose and low passion and on average about 10 percent were performing at at the right level high performers even on the other end that's expected right on the other end of the spectrum if you have high passion high purpose 80 percent there performing at the level or performing above okay that's expected those are both expected where it gets interesting is when you look at low purpose uh Sorry, I'm going to flip that low, low. I've got to set this up the right way. Low uh, passion, high purpose. Okay. 64%. Right? Mm -hmm. 64%. So somebody who doesn't feel like this is really scratching the itch for me personally, but I feel like I'm having an impact on others to improve this organization, to improve that patient's uh, experience, to improve uh, society at large, humanity at large, whatever that is, even though it may not scratch the itch, I feel like I'm seeing that impact in others. So I think that's a critical component of, of um, just the workplace in general, but in particular, one way that leaders within organizations uh, in the healthcare industry can help reinforce or remind their employees that you're connected to something that is having an impact, right? It's, it's bigger sure. than self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, purpose, that is, uh, I think that's in life in general, right? When we start feeling purposeless, then, uh, yeah, things start to go the wrong way. So purpose, and, and certainly having purpose in healthcare should be a fairly easy message for employers to put out there. Should be, but I think we we all kind of get wrapped up in just the day to day and the you know these these kind of bland statements that that come out from an organization that just don't connect to mm -hmm. to the individual, uh, mm -hmm. right? There are these statements or these phrases um, that just float out there that I think the the best organizations uh, are those that do an effective job in linking 
the mission of the organization, the purpose of the organization to the individual uh, and their career path. And so there are a number of different ways to do that. Um, but I think that's the recipe uh, that we've observed in terms of um, getting uh improving the employee experience in a way that's meaningful. You know, the other side of this is also connect with peers. Um, one of the questions that feed into uh, the employee engagement uh, survey that uh, Gallup has been running for 20 something years is, uh, do I have a best friend at work? It's probably the most controversial question that's in this survey because historically it's always been like, well, I have my work and I have my home right, or my life. And, and we don't want those two worlds to ever, ever, ever intersect. Um, oftentimes, that's what we think of it in terms of silos. And as soon as COVID hit, and we were in experiences like this, every, mo in most cases, probably many of the participants in, 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 uh, in your industry didn't have as much of a luxury to dial in virtually. But there is this whole new side that we saw of everybody that shed a lot of light on who is that person beyond the person that comes in at nine and, and leaves at five? And so this, this idea of connecting with peers is really built around the fact that we're pro-social. We're human beings are wired for connection. Um, how do we create cultures of belonging and how do we identify opportunities for people to have meaningful connections that not only provide um, support and accountability for what I'm responsible for, but also gives me a bit of, of, um, of a foundation for when I'm going through tough moments that may lead to, 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 to poor decisions, right? Poor decisions. So in terms of diversion, uh, if I have a quality relationship at work that it's trusted, it's built on a foundation of psychological safety, uh, I may have that opportunity to voice that concern to a peer, to a friend, not necessarily within the reporting structure, but just to somebody that's willing to listen and to mm -hmm. be there to support that may be a key moment that would change the trajectory of, of my decision-making in a positive way. Do you have suggestions on how to foster those peer relationships? I mean, sometimes they happen naturally. Some people are more prone to sharing their feelings and then making friends where others are maybe more quiet to themselves or busy lives. You know, I come to work. I don't have time to go out with you after I get to get home to the family and what have you. So do you have any suggestions on how to be proactive with that? Yeah. So I, a couple of things come to mind. So the, the first is just establishing a foundation within the, the culture of the organization that identifies talents, uh, values of the employee. Right. And so if I, um, so we leverage a lot of strengths-based positive psychology. Uh, so we'll leverage the the Gallup uh, Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths um, assessment. And so in that assessment, we may find that uh, one of your top five uh, uh, themes of talent are or is uh, strategic, and I have uh, strategic as well. So just that simple notion of we have something in common. Um, now that forges a bridge for connection, right? So that's something really simple. It's something really subtle, but it is something that can create a universal language within an organization that provides a, you know, a bridge for people to rally around. 
Mm-hmm. So there's that side of it. Uh, there's also the side of creating um, or embedding these well-being experiences into the rhythm of business. So what we really focus on are micro moments. We acknowledge that people are very busy. Um, they have really good intentions. Most people have great intentions, but our ability to implement it is, is very difficult. Uh, so we focus on micro moments and in particular going as far as uh, one minute experiences that are science based that are really designed to help provide that that moment um, for uh, for the individual to take a pause and kind of recast the trajectory and potentially a moment for peers to connect in a five minute increment so that if we know uh, so we've looked at research that's probably more less um, in directly in the healthcare space, maybe within the administrative side of the healthcare space, but just there are uh, kind of five key points throughout the day, throughout the workday. If we know that there are different emotions or different mindsets throughout those five courses of the day, uh, and we have that ability to insert one of these one minute micro moments at a key inflection point and say, hey, we're all busy. Let's just take five minutes to go through this micro moment experience that now forges this connection. And it also provides me with that ability to kind of get my executive functions back forward, maybe pause in the chaos of the day. And now we have a touch point. So Sam and Terry are now uh, two days later and we're talking about that, that somatic breathing exercise that we did for two minutes on Tuesday. And it, it just forges this other touch point so that that connection between those, um, those peers or maybe this, those employees uh, has an opportunity to, to, to resurface at a future point. So are those touch points something that's typically led by somebody in the organization to kind of let's all, you know, whatever, share one interesting thing about yourself or let's all breathe or is that what those are? Yeah. So the, the third connect is connect with experts. And so we have a curated cohort of experts called the purpose partners that sit across six dimensions of well-being. Uh, so social, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and professional. And so there is a combination of everything from a registered dietitian nutritionist to a certified somatic yoga, mind-body, um, executive leadership coaches, and they'll provide not only your more traditional coaching and expertise, um, but they also provide these micro moments and these micro practices that are a little bit more educational. The moments are more experiential. The practices are more educational. Uh, but we lean on those experts uh, and continue to onboard more of these experts to provide this holistic uh you know, holistic bench of services and resources, but also bringing into a a very digestible, accessible format. Okay. So are they coming in to do these one minute things or they're providing the leadership with ideas and suggestions on, on things to do in um, with everything else that they're, they're doing and helping to lead. Yeah, so currently it's virtual. It's all digital, okay. all virtual. So it's a tech-enabled people platform. Um, okay. And we we really anchor on the manager 
So uh, another point of research is that 70% of the engagement, employee engagement is driven by the manager. Sure. Right. So oftentimes yeah. people join organizations and they leave managers. And so if you look at the manager role itself, you know, the manager role has a lot of responsibility. Um, they're also probably the highest point of leverage within an organization to really affect meaningful change. So oftentimes you're going to have a weekly, biweekly or a monthly meeting where that reporting structure comes together. So in that, in that um, unifying point, uh, we insert these, these micro moments and experiences, which is an important kind of implicit signal from the manager to the team that I do care about your total well-being. Um, I'm going to carve out three minutes of real estate in a 60-minute meeting so that we can all get centered, get on the right, on the same page, but then also give you these tools so that if you want to be more um, intentional and build habit within your within your daily routine, you have access to these these um, these experiences, and also kind of on a situational basis. So if I know I'm going, if I look out at my calendar, I know I'm going into uh, something that's going to be a little bit more emotionally charged. It's a higher stakes moment, or it's something, it's a it's a conversation or a meeting with um, with a peer that has been historically a little bit emotionally charged. If I can take these experiences uh, and leverage them going into that moment or that that environment, that ecosystem, it provides more tools to help that help mitigate the anxiety and stress that comes into that situation. And then ideally helps that individual be more intentional and ideally increase performance and increase outcomes. Sure. Okay. Do, you know, typical things in the workplace like occasional lunches that you bring in or, you know, potluck that you do with the staff and it's in the break room, those types of things, would that fall into these buckets of creating those moments? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think those, those points of connection play a critical role. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's typically more opportunity within those moments to to do something or those those moments of connection right right usually right. when we go to those potlucks we gravitate toward um the same kind of two to three connections that we always gravitate sure. toward which isn't necessarily mm -hmm. a bad thing mm -hmm. but how do we create that uh you know that interconnectedness within an organization where you make really maximize people it. to connect yeah 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 to really yeah. maximize it yeah secret santa done that too which is some interesting <laughs> things <laughs> I'm like what is this <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you have and maybe this is not a fair question for you but you know people have attitudes and you you talked about that a little bit in, in preparing but if you're in a, a team situation and you've got those people with those like this is stupid you know attitudes kind of bringing the whole team down do you guys also work with that or have any suggestions on those naysayers to get them like, come on, you know, give it a try? Yeah. I, and fortunately, there's a lot of that, right? I, I mean, back to those engagement numbers, uh, that's about 16%. So 16% are on the other end of the spectrum where they're showing up and they're actually 
uh, intentionally leading toward negative outcomes in in the organization. And then everybody else is just kind of in the middle where they're doing just enough, right? right. Um, so with those people, I, I think that's there's an opportunity for intentionality with the the manager, right? And that's it's such an easy thing to say that, you know, how, how can the manager kind of step in and have that conversation? Um, a really important framework that, that we leverage is back to this agency concept. And it's a concept called job crafting that some people may be familiar with that the narrative that supports the research is often, um, uh, comes through in, in, a in a, a large hospital, I believe. Uh, so two researchers had identified that, um, uh, there was high satisfaction within, uh, certain groups and low satisfaction within the same group. And in particular, it was in, I believe, janitorial services in a large hospital. And so they saw the research and there was just this group that was really highly satisfied in their job. And then those that were, had, were experiencing low satisfaction. So they kind of went to the, the conversations. They wanted to find, well, why? why are you experiencing high satisfaction? Uh, can you tell us some more? And so the three quick stories were, um, the first was um, there was a janitor who had noticed, uh, kind of had on the radar when there were patients that didn't have visitors and that were kind of experiencing some loneliness. So that janitor would intentionally go into the room multiple times a day to strike up conversation um, you know, check the trash can. Oh, nope, nothing's still in the trash. Well, how, how's your day going? How's everything going? Okay, great. And then they leave, right? So they, they were intentional about what they were doing there. The second was there is a janitor who worked on um, a coma patient floor and was under uh, the idea, was under the, the or believed that if they would go in and disrupt the the room somehow, turn on the TV, turn off the TV, move, move a, a, a magazine that they could be ha leading toward positive outcomes for that particular patient. The third story was um, there was a, a janitor who had noticed that there was a patient who had elderly visitors uh, and became very distraught when the elderly visitors left because they were worried that the elderly visitors were going to get lost in this labyrinth of a, of a hospital. And so the janitor eventually stepped in and said, patient, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to walk them to their car. And so uh, as probably everybody here knows much better than I do, that if you, you can't walk anyone beyond the doors of the hospital, because that introduces liability to the organization. Uh, but this janitor made the decision to walk them all the way to their car so that the janitor could go back and look the patient in the eye and report back, don't worry, grandma and grandpa made it to, to the car. Okay, I saw them, waved, waved to them goodbye. And so the researchers had asked, well, why do you do that? You introduce liability to the, to the organization. That's terms for grounds for termination for you. Why would you do that? Is that part of your job? Or, and, and the janitor responded, it's not part of the job. It's part of me. And so what these researchers talk about are task crafting, relationship crafting, and cognitive crafting. And the collection of those three is this concept called job crafting. And so task crafting is if you look at a job description of what you do on a daily basis, there are some things that give you energy and there are some things that just suck the life out of you, right? And so 
just like acknowledging that, having awareness of there are these and there are those. Uh, and that manager, back to this employee, that manager can open up that type of conversation. So let's talk about those tasks that really you enjoy and those things that you don't enjoy. And what the manager may find is there is someone else on the team that real that has the exact opposite, right? So there can be like kind of like a swap meet type of task thing that, hey, you really like this and you don't like that. And what if we kind of re-engineered what we're doing? The relationship side of it, relationship crafting, it's the part, the potlucks, it's the when I go into work, even if there's they're not on my team, there's someone that I just really enjoy uh, seeing and connecting with. And then cognitive crafting, I think, is where we we all possess that that power is, you know, if I go in with the mindset that it's going to be a bad day, I'm going to find a way to bring that bad day to life. And so um, I, I think all three of those from a manager's perspective uh opens up that opportunity to draw awareness to that employee that's kind of eye rolling, just arms crossed and really doesn't want to engage and have a very meaningful and authentic conversation around. All right, let's talk about the tasks that give you energy. Let's talk about the relationships that give you energy. And then let's talk about the mindset and just help them work toward the first two, which the number three, the cognitive will largely, I think, start to take care of itself. It'll become a byproduct of realizing you know, I do have um, some tasks and relationships that are quality and important to me. Uh, and I also have a manager that's really starting to to empower me or mm -hmm. lead the way in terms yeah. of creating my my roadmap. Right. Yeah. These are all great things and certainly things for managers to think about and dwell on because they do get a little overwhelmed with everything that they have going on, too. And um it's it's establishing those relationships and i think first to truly care and to want to make you know the place a, a better place you'll you'll appreciate this one quick story so i was managing a, a pharmacy and and really i mean i do take the approach as much as possible i want to hear from you let's see what we can do and so i was having one of those discussions with one of the pharmacy technicians and really trying to figure this out this had been going on for a little bit and there was a particular issue that was bothering her and I just, I couldn't much see a way around it and quite honestly thought she was getting a little bit over the top. <laughs> and so she came in one day to express herself again and I rolled my eyes, which she caught, she saw me do it and she stopped and she said, did you just roll your eyes at me? I'm like, dang, come on. I'm like, yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, I've been trying so hard to get this to work for you. I'm done now. I can't do it anymore. But um, yeah, all good things to. <laughs> We're human. We're all human. Yeah. She right? nailed me, man. <laughs> so well, how, did, on that... how, did you, how did you rebound? How did you rebound? You know, I just apologized. I said, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. I just, yeah. I'm trying to find a way to, to help this situation. And there are so many factors at play and, Right now, I can't come up with anything. So, you know, we'll continue to talk about this. We'll continue to explore it. But I just had to own it. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. We're all human. We're all human. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> thank you very much for sharing. This is some good stuff. I think it um, is stuff that we do need to think about. And, and I know from my experience, when I am a staff member at a hospital, 
the engagement is different than when I got into management. And I think that was because I started hearing more. I started being involved more. I started understanding the background more, which is why I am a big back, background person. It's like, let me tell you why we're doing this. And then that way we can ensure better success or hear from people as to, well, that's not going to work. Um, and so I think that's what has made a difference to me. And so I can see how that would make a difference to employees is get them more engaged and, and share with them what's going on, not just do this, do that, do that without that, you know, background and feeling connected, but this is all great stuff. So thank you very much for sharing with us. Yeah, absolutely. Just one more point, just to amplify what you just said right there for managers and for, uh, organizations in particular. I think a good analogy is like Netflix, right? We all have a different Netflix screen and uh, that's based on actions and behaviors. And so for uh, if, if managers or organizations think of all their employees, like there are different experiences that they need that are going to be unique to them. That's going to bring out the best in them. Uh, that's an opportunity to, to connect that individual purpose to the, the purpose yeah. and mission of the organization. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, very true. All right. Thank you very much, Sam. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for being or thanks for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely.